When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gary Thomas's writing and speaking focuses on bringing people closer to Christ and closer to others. He's the author of over 20 books that together have sold over 2 million copies, including When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. Gary, great to see you. Great to be back, Kirk. Yeah. You know, I've told you this a hundred times before that, that your book, Sacred Marriage, is my wife's favorite marriage book. And I can think of a lot of really good marriage books, uh, The Love Dare, which is part of a movie I was a part of. I was maybe hoping that would be her favorite book, you know, and and Love Languages and so many. But Sacred Marriage has something so beautiful, special, and it is so representative of the gospel Mm -hmm. that I know that's why she loves it so much. And so I'm excited to talk to you about this new book. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you. So we're talking about toxic relationships. And I don't know about you, Uh, Maybe it's because of your book, but it seems like this coined phrase, toxic people, you're toxic, this person is toxic, can sometimes be overused. And really, we're just talking about difficult people, and it's a way for them to just, uh, you know, convict them by just labeling them as toxic. So what is a truly toxic person? Every toxic person is difficult, but not every difficult person is toxic. And I'm glad you're bringing that up to start because it's so important to be precise here. Toxicity, as we're working on it here for our Christian life and our Christian ministry, really focuses on people who are taking little pieces out of you. You're less. And if you keep interacting with them, there's less of you to give to others. They take away your peace, your joy, your self-confidence. They take away your focus so that you can't give yourself to the people that God has called you to give yourself to and to do the things that God has called you mm. to do. So it's really about marshalling your energy. If, if there are two things I would say to everybody watching, your life matters, not because of who they are, but who God can be in them. When they have the Holy Spirit, God can use them so powerfully. And to want to marshal that to every day, think, how can I reach? How can I encourage this person? How can I bless this person? And toxic people completely undercut that. They take pieces out of your self-confidence. So you think, maybe I don't have anything to share with anybody. I don't even know what's right. They, they take away your joy. The scripture says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So they make you weak. They, they tend to haunt you so that if you know when somebody calls you and you just see the phone number come up and, and you're just, your blood pressure rises and you forget that you're with your kids or you're not there with your spouse trying to figure out this crazy situation, That's taking away from the life and ministry that God has given you. And that's why you need to walk away. I understand what you're talking about, I believe. These are people who are like kryptonite to your love for God, your ability to think of others first. They actually are promoting decay and rottenness in your soul the more you spend time with them. I know that's what you're talking about. But I want to... I want you to to drill down a little bit deeper with me because some people might be listening to your descriptors of a toxic person and say, they take away my peace, they take away my confidence, they steal away my time, they they distract me from what I think is my purpose. What if someone says, you just described my children, 
My toddlers rob me of my peace. I'm so distracted by all of their messes and I feel like I was called to run this company as a CEO. Do I need to exit and walk away from my children? No, the very their call is to work with children. Now, there might be a time when you have to walk away from adult children. We have a whole chapter on that. But the whole point there is I think you're talking about a situational difficulty, not a truly toxic person. You recover from being tired as a parent. You recover from being tired as a CEO or a business owner or whatnot. The problem with toxic people is they, they sort of haunt you and they make you less able to give yourself to your employees or your family the next mm. day. Yeah. And, and I see that children... Even though they're difficult, they can, they can, we can say that they rob me of peace and they distract. Well, the truth is, maybe my, um, my, my focus isn't where it should be. If I'm a father, if I'm a mother, and these little children have been put into my care by God, perhaps my dreams of doing this other thing are actually the distraction from my real purpose, which is to care and love my children. Oh, absolutely. So I think it's all got to be in the context of God's design for us to know what is toxic. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. One of the main reasons for learning when to walk away is so that I can give myself more to truly needy people that God has called me to reach, to give myself more to my wife, to give myself more to my kids, Mm. or in my case, grandkids. It's not about not being bothered. I live to be bothered. I pray just about every day, Lord, bring those divine encounters. Yeah. But, but I need a free mind. I need a certain peace and joy and confidence that I have something to give to those people. And that's what toxic people take away. Gary, can you share some stories of people who have been in toxic relationships or have been delivered from toxic ways of behaving? If you want to give a, a, a practical example, I think of a mother of an adult daughter. This is different if your child is still there, but she was always getting into trouble and she would call, I'm going to be on the street if you don't rescue me. And the mother had been doing that for years and years and years. Hmm. Um, and looking back, I talked to her, has it ever helped her? And she said, no, she's worse off. And she had canceled teaching Bible studies. She'd canceled women she was mentoring with. She'd taken time from her marriage until she realized it's not helping her. And it's taking me away from all this ministry Mm. that God has called me to do. Mm. And that can be the most difficult choice to make, but to be who God called her to be and to invest where God has called her to invest. She had to learn to say no. I can't wait to get deeper into this and the practical how-tos of walking away from toxic people that we love and we care about. Yeah. You talk in your book about this is about protecting our mission, yes. not protecting ourselves from toxic people. Right. What, what is that? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom of God. She says, every day I want to wake up. It's not about my reputation. It's not about my enrichment, not about my comfort or even enjoyment. How can I take whatever God has given me to build his kingdom? And Jesus wasn't writing to religious professionals or he wasn't speaking to religious professionals. He was talking to grandparents and kids and tradesmen and laborers and farmers. So this is true for everyone, not paid Christians. But then... Seven verses later, and I I can't tell you how many times I've read the New Testament and I never noticed this, is Matthew 7, 6, where Jesus says, don't give what is holy to dogs Mm. and don't cast your pearls before swine or else they'll turn and try to tear you to pieces. 
So Jesus is sending the church on the offense. You have a call. You have the power of the Holy Spirit mm. within you. You have a mission. Love that. But as you go out, I, wa I want you to be freely giving it. You, you will sacrifice to do it. Yeah. But there are some people that even though you're giving them a pearl, and you know this, Kirk, yep. in the first century, a pearl was so valuable. One guy sold all he had for one pearl. So there's nothing wrong with the truth you're giving the person or the love or the relationship you're giving the person. And we're called to love our enemies, Jesus said. Absolutely. But I know where you're going with this. You're saying there are wolves, there are dogs, and there are pigs out there. And if you've ever been chased by a, a wolf, a dog, or a pig, you know they're what vicious. Happens. They're they're vicious, and so Jesus is saying, "I want you to freely minister, but I don't want you to be distracted by these people that will not only will they never change, mm. but they'll turn on you mm. and try to take pieces out of you, so there's less of you to give to where it can be." Fruitful, And that's what Paul said to Timothy, entrust what I give you, he says, to reliable people. Christianity is about producing fruit. Mm. And I really think that's one of Satan's greatest weapons of warfare. He knows he can't stop God's people from loving because God's spirit makes us love. Yeah. When we worship God, the God of love, it reflects off us. We read his word. We're filled with love. We want to love. Satan goes, I can't stop that. But what he can do is get us to take that love, instead of putting it, talking about it as water that would irrigate a field and produce a big crop, he wants us to pour it into the gutter of a toxic person who not only won't be changed, but who will resent us and attack us and try to make us less effective to reach others. So it's about giving ourselves freely, but being wise and strategic. And this really is a discernment issue. Yes. That's what I'm hearing from you because, again, we don't want to write people off as toxic because Gary Thomas said so. Yeah. I read his book. Thank you. And I don't have to deal with you. Uh, Jesus says that we're to love everyone, including our enemies. And, you know, we got Bob Goff telling us, start with the most unlovable, difficult people first. Yes. In your book, you make a, an important distinction between being on the spiritual offense versus being on the spiritual defense. Right. Can you explain that? Yes. It's the whole idea that for me, holiness is having a fruitful life. Jesus talks about us being fruitful. And he says, by this is the Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. I used to think that, fruit, that, that holiness was about not doing bad things. And Jesus is urging me on to do good things. Paul talks about being devoted to good works. And so... The, the best way for me to gauge how I interact with toxic people is, is this keeping me from doing the good works that God has called me to do, which is reading, reaching hurting people. It's sometimes spending time with difficult people, but when they're repentant mm. and God has given them the grace to change, then you're pouring in your time. But when you discern, again, this sounds like offensive language, but I'm quoting Jesus, that they're a spiritual pig or a spiritual dog that just wants to tear you apart then you realize this isn't the best use of my time. And I'll go back to what I said at the start. I want everybody to realize if they're in Christ, the power with which God can use them is more than they could imagine mm. because of the Holy Spirit within them. So value your time, value your peace and your joy and your hours because God can use it to create much fruit. Gary, we have to ask the question if we're going to be honest, uh, what if the toxic person we're talking about is me? Yes. What if yes. I am acting in ways that feel completely normal to me, 
but they're really killing yes. the relationship yeah. with the person that I yeah. love. So what are some questions that we can ask ourselves as we look in the mirror to discover if we have toxic attitudes? Yeah. It's important to remember there's a difference between toxic acts and toxic people. Okay. We're all fallen and we all fall into toxic behavior from time to time. The difference is if somebody is healthy before the Lord, when they recognize what they're doing, they wanna take a shower. It's like, just, I, I wanna get rid of it. A toxic person enjoys the toxic behavior. Mm. We give you three things that really mark a lot of toxic people, yeah. not everyone. And then we can see it in ourselves and see right. how there's a difference between the act and who we are. One of the first things you notice about toxic people, and we have to be careful of this, is they're control mongers. We're called to seek first the kingdom of God. Toxic people say, no, I know what you should do. I know what you should say. You will go along. You will do what I want you to do, which is the opposite of how God treats us. Mm. Joshua's famous dictum, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. At the end of scripture, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. I'm not breaking down the door. I'm knocking. If you open it up, I'll come in and dine with you. And throughout scripture, God proclaims his truth and says, are you in or not? But he doesn't control. And Kirk, it's astonishing to me how uncontrolling mm. he is. Because if he did control me, I, I'd almost feel like, well, that's what I should do, right? But he, he invites. In fact, it's fascinating in the, in the book of Acts, you see demonic possession. You never see God possession. Satan is the one that takes over. Now we're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But Paul says the spirit of the prophets is subject to the control of the prophets. So when somebody's trying to control you, they're using the methods of Satan, not of God. Now, okay, that, that's a toxic behavior. But when I deal as a pastor with a mother whose son is getting into drugs or daughter's getting into drugs, and they realize they're being controlling, they're not doing it because they're toxic. They're doing it because they love their child more than life and they're terrified at the decisions they're making. Mm. But we have to recognize, well, we have to treat our kids as God treats us. We speak the truth, but you can't control them. That's a toxic thing to do. Um, and so just recognize, okay, this is a toxic behavior. I want to get rid of this. Toxic people like to control. A healthy person finds themselves controlling and then says, okay, that's not how I want to be. That's not who God is. A second thing you see with toxic people is they okay. tend to have a murderous spirit. They destroy everything. They destroy small groups. They destroy family gatherings. They destroy the peace in an office environment. One-on-one, -on -one, they'll destroy your self-confidence and joy. They just get a, I don't know the way to say it, a sick pleasure out of tearing things apart. A church where people are worshiping God and helping people grow mm. is boring to them. Yeah. A marriage where two people are seeking God's kingdom together is boring. An office place where everybody is, is working on the same good product or service is boring. They want to undercut the leadership because for them, it's just boring not to be tearing something down. Mm. And so we have to be careful. Wow. If uh, Francis Schaeffer talked about this, if we have to fight, we do it not because we love the fight but because we have to. And you have to be careful because you can get on a righteous crusade and you want to tear down. God brings life. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And says, Satan is the one who comes to steal and kill and destroy. But if you see somebody where everywhere they go, there's destruction, they're not just difficult, they're toxic. And the third thing, and this is where Paul calls us to take off and to put on, and I never knew, maybe I just didn't want to admit it. They love to
to hate. They get a joy out of hating. Paul talks to the Colossians mm. of those in, in Colossians 3.8 who are marked by anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Mm. That's what makes them come alive. They're never more energetic and alive when they're tearing somebody down or they're on a crusade against something. And then he says, what we put on is compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. That's three... 11 and 12. And so what I want to say is there are times we might get angry, but am I most alive when I'm angry or when I'm loving, Hmm. when I'm blessing or when I'm cursing? And so for me, knowing the marks of what toxic people tend toward is helpful to say, it's not who I want to be. And when I fall into that, I want to repent out of it. And somebody calls me out on it. I want to listen because I want to be a person who puts on compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. Not anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. This is so good. This is so good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a personal counseling session right now from Gary Thomas as we're working through this book, uh, When to Walk Away. But Gary, quickly, talk to me about a toxic religious spirit. As Christians, I've, I think I've seen some of that in my small group. There's that person who is got a toxic religious spirit. Yes. What, what, can you paint that picture for us? Yeah, well, the key point of Christianity is humility. I mean, the scripture says three times, and it's rare for scripture to repeat himself, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And humility is based on recognizing, and I'm, I've just written on this, why it's vital that I see myself as a worse sinner than my spouse. Because when I see myself as the worst sinner, I receive grace from God. And that just, that just makes me enthusiastic about showing that same grace to others. So a religious spirit is someone who's living by the law and not by grace. And it's fine to speak up. It's holy to speak up. You have the right relationship to, mm-hmm. but you've got to avoid being controlling. Yeah. Jesus wasn't controlling. God isn't controlling. You speak the truth and then you bless them and let them go. And what you said is true. Walking away isn't writing off. It's waiting for God to change their heart. Mm. And then hopefully you can rush right back That's in. That's right. But recognizing right now, this isn't the best use of my time. Well, I've got a wise old owl in my life that says patience is, is not this passive, just sort of like hanging out, waiting. It's, it's, it's living in the expectation of God's care. And so if I'm going to patiently wait for my child or my spouse to come around, uh, and, and if they're toxic in my life, I actually am aggressively, actively waiting in hopeful expectation of God's intervention in their life. Hmm. And, and that's going to be a joyful moment. You know, they were, they, were, they were lost and now they're found. They were dead and now they're alive. Gary, wh- what should we do if I wrongly label someone as toxic and realize they weren't really being toxic? They were actually just exposing something in right. me that I needed to hear. That's such a key question, Kirk. I'm so glad you brought it up. It goes back to what we said on, on humility I'm not a PhD that can diagnose people. I think we've always had, pastors have heard this, I'm sure you've heard this, where people come in and they read an article and they've got a diagnosis that somebody's narcissist or, or this or that or whatnot. And just recognizing out of love and community, my humble place is to say, I see this. Is it true? And maybe they say, well, no, it's not because of this. And to be open so that I'm not toxic and say, oh, 
Okay, I didn't see that aspect. It's to recognize the possibility that I could be wrong yeah. and not try to become toxic myself. Because what you said so many times is true. We all have the potential to go there. We all have the potential to do toxic acts. We just don't wanna become the toxic people. Yeah, so Gary, let's say there's somebody that I've had to walk away from because I recognize that they're toxic to me. At what point can I welcome them back into my life? Yeah. Beautiful picture that's familiar to everybody is the story of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son left, the father didn't clutch at him. The father didn't fall down in front of him. But when he came back, he did. And I think we have to be wise with discernment Mm. that this isn't the time. For whatever reason, they're not responding. It's not healthy for me to be interacting with this person. But when we sense that God has poured in his grace and there's a chance for reconciliation, that's when we apply, I forgive 70 times seven. You recognize that their heart is soft, that this is a healthy relationship, somebody that wants care, wants to apologize. And we might have to recognize that we contributed to it as well, but we feel like we can go on. So is the relationship going to a place of health for us and for them? Is it glorifying God? But there's also the spiritual discernment. I just think we get a sense where God is saying, I'm doing a work in their heart. A forward phrase that has really helped me now trying to determine that is, no conviction, no counsel. If God hasn't brought his conviction to this person, trying to counsel them is like trying to plant seeds on a highway. It's not gonna go anywhere. Once you sense that God's grace and conviction has reached in this person, you spend all the time you have because God is doing a special work in that Mm. person's heart. I, I, I wanna ask you very practically right now, what if the toxic person in my life is an adult child? How do I, how do I, walk away from my own kid. That's one of the most difficult things that a a parent could ask. And Kirk, I'm just going to be honest, as a pastor, I'm hearing it from most families. I'm not saying all, but almost all have a child that is breaking their heart. Um, I think some of the things we have to learn is one, remembering God loves this child more than I do. God has his plan. My plan is my child would repent yesterday and I could see that, but we don't want to be controlling. We want to show the love. I think we pray. I think we love, we keep communication open. So I'm not, when I, if I have to, if I see toxicity in my child, which again, takes great discernment, um, uh, that they're not just annoying me, but that they, they are actually engaging in things that are destroying themselves and others. And, and God's got to do something in them by allowing them to go down that road. Walking yes. away is not stopping loving them. That's actually maybe maybe the best way I can love them? I think that's the trickiest thing with adult children. Love all of them and don't let the prodigal disrupt the entire family. That's sometimes why you have to walk away. And these things are so hard, you know, uh, maybe a child needs uh, to spend some time in a brand new environment like a teen challenge, like a rehabilitation center, like, but yet that's so hard because you feel like you've given up or you feel like you've handed them over to someone else because you've failed in the task of bringing them up in the way they should go. But uh, life is messy where there's people, there's problems. I'm toxic without Jesus myself and I think this is the the great school that we're all enrolled in by God to learn how to love and care for one another. And and your book is such a great big help. Um, We we need to learn 
about how to deal with toxicity when we see it in our children, when we see it in our marriage relationship. Um, we need to see how to deal with it when we see it looking in the mirror. So thank you for writing this. I uh, really appreciate you being here, Gary. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.